RTE Soccer Women's World Cup podcast, sponsored by Cadbury. For grassroots to national level, a supporter and a half of women's football in Ireland. Turn the world round, shut the show down. I've been spinning, couldn't slow down. On the roll now. All right, welcome along to the RTE Soccer Women's World Cup podcast Rachiello here and every match at the tournament is live on RT television and the RT player including Wednesday when Ireland take on Canada in their second group game in Perth. I'm joined today by Ireland international Megan Campbell and also RT Sports Paula Flynn who is down under and has made it all the way to the west of Australia and uh, Paul first of all like what's the mood um, in terms of arriving in Perth in terms of the Irish fans and then also the team as I know you were you saw them off at the airport as well. Yeah, so the the team after the game on uh, last week, I forgot what day it is, even now Wednesday, they finished up, uh, they travelled back to Brisbane, which is about an hour flight from Sydney. That's where their camp is. They had a kind of a, a, a down day and then they had a, a day off, basically. Uh, and then they've travelled to uh, Perth today. It's a five-hour flight across the country, which just seems bonkers, really. It's like having a, a World Cup with a match in Dublin, a match in New York, and a, and a match in Edinburgh or something like that. But uh, So that's the, that's what the team did today. They arrived into Perth around about half past four, uh, and there was a really good crowd. I mean, we saw the scenes in Sydney. It was very, very similar again this evening. They, uh, there was around about 300 Irish people here, most of them from the Irish community in Perth, uh, and also some kind of families and, and friends who are, have travelled over and some fans too who've come here especially just for the World Cup so there was a great atmosphere there the usual ole oles uh, there's other hugs and uh, I suppose the main newsy kind of interesting piece was that Louise Quinn uh, came through in uh, in a boot a protective boot uh, she she walked through she wasn't on crutches but just the boot uh, she had a black eye for good measure as well so she's been through the wars um, but we had uh, a quick word with Vera Powell afterwards and she uh, suggested that she doesn't have too many worries and she's hopeful that Louise might might be able to uh, to to make the match on on Wednesday. Yeah, let's listen to that. Incidentally, uh, yourself and Samantha Lerberry obviously talking to uh, Vera Pau just as they were about to uh, head off. Vera, I just ask you a few days on your thoughts now on the first game against Australia. Now that you've had a time to digest it and think about it, what did you make of the game? Well, I've seen it back twice plus all the clips, and uh, I think we've done so so well. We were controlling the game so incredibly well. I'm so proud. Uh, and it's only something that we can build on. Your preparations now for Canada, you've arrived here into Perth. How are you feeling? How are things in the camp? Um, really well. Um, we have one knock, as you, as you know, Louise Quinn had a knock and we need to see how that goes, but we are confident that she can play. And um, other than that, everybody is, uh, is fit uh, and we're preparing for the next game. We saw Louise in the booth. Uh, would that be a worry at this stage, just a couple of days to go to the game? Of course, but it's precautionary. That's what uh, now these days um, medicals always do when there's a knock to settle it down in the first 48 hours and to keep it calm. So uh, we, uh, well, we're very hopeful that she can play. The fans here in Perth already similar scenes to Sydney. How does that make you and all the players feel? Yeah, that is wonderful. It's so heartwarming, and we feel home eh? uh, in in our uh, first game. 20, 30,000 Irish people, I don't know, it, it, but they were the loudest of all. And uh, I hope that uh, everybody turns up now again and uh, that we feel the same, the same vibes as we had in the first game because it really, really lifts us to other heights. 
for Canada now. They had a draw against Nigeria. Maybe a surprise for some people. So how do you feel about that result? How do you think, uh, uh, does it give us a better chance in the group of getting that second place? Well, I've said, I always said that Nigeria is the best team of Africa. And uh, FIFA rankings is just because they need to play within Africa. Um, so that result, um, I'm not so surprised. We were really hoping for this result. And uh, that's what it, it came out. So the group is open again. And uh, there's everything to play for. Canada, what do you expect from them? We expect the same experienced play as they've showed against Nigeria. Um, we expect Fleming to play uh, and she will give an extra boost to the team. She's very creative and uh, she can lift the whole team to another level because of her abilities to uh, play in spaces um, and getting uh, players beyond the defence. So we're really uh, prepared for that. Just finally on your own selection, we saw some great cameos off the bench the last day. Will players be pushing for places in the team? Will you think about making some changes? They always do, um, but teamwork is teamwork, and we're going to see what, what we do for the next game, what is best to line up. Vera, the head of Australian football, I was speaking to her the other day, she says she believes that Ireland will get out of this group. Do you agree? <laughs> yeah, that's easy to say for others. Yeah, we know the task that we have. We're playing the Olympic champions and the best team of Africa, so it will be really, really hard, but we will do everything to get there. And finally, can I ask you, when you get the news the other day about Sam Kerr, how much did that shock you and change what you had to do approaching that game? No, of course, it was it, it was a positive outcome for us because Sam Kerr is a threat in itself. She's arguably the best striker in the world at the moment. So, of course, but it did not change anything in our preparations because we did not we did not prepare for Sam Kerr. We prepared for Australia. And Australia has lots of threats, as you've seen, on all over the pitch. So, um, no, yeah, it, it, it was just, uh, e even our set pieces did not change. All right, so Ireland manager Vera Pau there. And, of course, uh, as you said, Paul, you can hear the Olays, Olays kind of uh, filtering through in the background. But the general sense I get is sort of quiet confidence ahead of this Canada game, where, as you mentioned as well, there's... You know, the weather might also be a, a factor. We're kind of getting used to rain in July here, but there's expected rain in July in, in Perth as well. Yeah, I, I think it's rained pretty much every day in Dublin since we left, so I don't want to rub it in too much. But yeah, we had nice uh, blue skies and uh, sunshine today. It's uh, winter here, of course, but uh, that seems to be certainly a whole lot better than the the, the Irish summer back home. Um, the team, I should say, after after the airport, they went straight to training, actually, um, and they they had a, a good session this evening here in Perth, um, getting used to all of that. Louise Quinn uh, wasn't there uh, at all. She played uh, no part in, in training, obviously, in that protective boot. Uh, and yeah, the forecast for, for Wednesday is actually for for a lot of rain. I, I just chatting to someone locally here said um, there is a lot of rain expected. I I don't know what a lot of rain means for the people of Perth. Uh, it is on the west coast. So I don't think it's going to be like the west coast of Ireland. But uh, I don't think it's going to make too much difference to to the outcome of the game. But it was interesting to hear Virapa's thoughts on uh you know selection and changes and stuff like that. You know, so we'll we'll have to just wait and see how over the next couple of days uh, how that's going to go. Yeah, and Megan, from the recovery point of view, given the uh, the long distance that's being travelled, I mean, uh, a five-hour journey across uh, from one side of Australia to the other, that's going to be key for, well, I suppose both teams as well. Canada, of course, are also making a, a similar journey, but for, for Ireland, like the next couple of days is going to be key in terms of just being kind of getting, you know, getting back to sort of match sharpness and uh, um, I suppose doing away with the uh, whatever jet lag is there. 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, obviously they gained two hours, so that'll help the girls a little bit. Um, but then in terms of the long flight, they'll have to have hopefully recovery skins on. I mean, they've got all the equipment that they need there to get the best recovery possible from the squad and the medical staff and treatments when and when and where they need them. Um, but I think today, like uh, Paula said, like getting off the plane and going straight to do a session, it, it's kind of good for the legs to just get the, the rubbish out, as they say. Um get the, the rubbish, the bad touches, uh, the loose legs, get them, get them ready to be firing again come tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, it's probably a, a good sign that the, the girls were able to get off the plane and go straight to a training session. Um, looking ahead to, obviously, the Olympic champions, it's another tough tough team, another tough opponent. And like uh, Vera said, the draw against Nigeria doesn't probably uh, leave the, the, I guess, the opinion of, people watching on to know okay this is going to be an easy game this is going to be a tough game because obviously they it ended up in a in a stalemate so you couldn't point to say oh we'll probably favor playing Nigeria over Canada etc um but another tough game ahead and and hopefully with the recovery of Louise Quinn back um I would like to think that like Vera said it's precautionary like on a long flight you want to prevent swelling so sometimes a boot can actually prevent that and, and be a good aid in that respect. So fingers crossed, that's the only reason why she had the boot on her foot. Yeah. And, um, you know, as, as you said, and as Vera Pau told Paul, I mean, there is confidence that she should be okay um, for the game, but in the event and in the un very unlikely event that she's not able to feature against Canada, who's first in line? Is it really, is it Diane Caldwell or are there other options there that maybe could take, uh, that could take Louise's uh, place? Yeah, I think there is plenty of options that can go across the back line. We can change formations, but also um, drop in lo loads of different players. But you might see the likes of Meg Conley going into the centre with Diane going onto the left. Um, you've also got Clara Reardon, who has done well in getting called up to the World Cup squad ahead of uh, in the Zambia game. So she can also play on the left-hand side. So it's a decision that obviously the, the whole squad will be itching to have their attempt at, at playing in a World Cup. But I know Vera and the squad will probably... Um, be looking over things over the next few days to make sure that they make the correct decision in in um, their lineup. Yeah, and uh, I think we have to talk about Abby Larkin, who is one of the people or players that are expected possibly if there are changes further up the field um, to come into the team against Canada, obviously still just 18 years old. And uh, Paul, I mean, um, she was talking to our colleague Tony uh, before flying out. And um, obviously we'll, we'll play a clip very shortly. There's high confidence levels, but it seems like Lucy Quinn and herself are the ones pushing closest to if there are going to be a couple of changes. Yeah, I mean, that's the interesting thing to see now. Um, it's great to see Abby Larkin. You know, every World Cup has its own story. And, you know, she she has the potential, I guess, to to, to, to go on and make this her own. A, a great um, cameo off the bench last day. And Lucy Quinn, too, made, made a difference. But actually, I mean, interesting. I was talking to Stephanie Roach yesterday who's over here with us and, and she'd know a lot more about these things than I would but she she seemed to suggest that it would be very against what Vera uh, has done set her stall out the way she sets out the team to, to go and make those changes It'd be interesting to hear what Megan has to say about that um, and and also she made the point that when you're coming on as a sub like that when you're 1-0 down it's quite easy to to bomb forward to get on the ball and try to make stuff happen you have to you know maybe maybe uh, neglect some of your defensive duties anyway when you're chasing the game like that and, and as we all know for Vera defense comes first so look it's great to see a, a young Irish star emerging on the the biggest stage of all it's great to see her around training and and you know getting off the the, the airplanes through the airports and all she is loving every single minute of this world cup uh, as are most of the team has to be said but it's just it's just great to see it gives everyone a good lift 
if I was to guess right now, I would think if Luis uh, Quinn is fit, then then it'll be the same uh, team. You heard Vera there in the clip talking about how fantastic the performance was. I think from her perspective, it, it was only the, the, the penalty given away was the only thing that went wrong the last day. Uh, so um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but it's great to have those options off the bench if it was. But yeah, in, interesting to see what Megan has to, to say about that from, from Vera's point of view about changes. Yeah, and Megan, obviously, you know Abby very well. But let's listen to a clip of her first, and then we'll talk about your column as well in and around how fearless she is. And she does come across that way in this clip. But uh, let's listen to her first because, uh, you know, I remember when I was 18, I didn't have this level of composure. So, <laughs> so let's have a listen. And at 18 years of age, to play in the World Cup, not just make it to the World Cup, before the squad was announced, you were probably wondering, are you on the, on the edge? Then you get yeah. to the squad, then you get onto the pitch. I know. <laughs> it's crazy how it just happened like that. Um, yeah, obviously I was I was so nervous coming onto the pitch. And yeah, all the girls are very supportive. They were very motivated that they were just like, just go on and do what you normally do, like just just embrace it. It's in you're playing in front of like seventy odd thousand people, you know. It's like the most I played in front of was Talent before this, so <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible. Um and I think yeah, I had nerves coming into it, and then the first five minutes of playing, I was like, just excited and was getting ready to just get on the ball and stuff. I'm almost surprised that you say you had nerves. You didn't look at it at all. You just kind of went on and just it's my took it by the scruff of the neck. <laughs> game face, yeah. Game Your face. game face has a smile on it. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I, I was really nervous to be fair, but um, I think they kind of the nerves kind of went away quite fast. To be fair, I was just kind of like, I'm here. I'm just gonna be in the moment and just. Do what I normally do, and I've nothing to lose. So, yeah, I think that's what I've done. So, and there was moments where you brought the ball forward, got balls into the box. I mean, you must have thought, maybe with the Katie one, maybe with the Louise one, that we were going to equalise. No, like Tony, when I tell you, I was a hundred percent sure that we were going to score. Like, I'd, oh, obviously we didn't, but I, I was going to be like, we're going to score. Like we, we had them in the last few minutes. You know, the game they were, we were all over them, and. Yeah, obviously unlucky with some of the chances we had, but, you know, that happens. So, on to the next one anyway. On to the next one is yeah. right, and it's something we said to you after the match, but there's you putting your hand up for selection of Vera's the teacher, you're the pupil going, miss, miss, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play against Canada. Yes. Um, obviously, that's some door I want to be knocking on, you know what I mean? Um, and, yeah, I'm just going to keep working my socks off and training, just kind of, you know just do what's best for me really you know like at the end of the day it's me who's gonna play you know it's me who's gonna either be picked or whatever but yeah I think as a team effort though we're, we're doing really well and I think whoever's starting on against Canada we're gonna be amazing and we're gonna we're gonna win we're gonna win yeah that is certainly the attitude and Megan your um your column it read or the title was fearless Larkin can carry the fight to Canada and she sure, certainly comes across as fearless there and she has been part of the squad for quite a while now and maybe you might be able to give, give us an insight how well she settled at such a young age in a squad that is full of experience yeah from my time of being in the squad she's um quite actually a quiet character you you probably wouldn't think that as she comes across in the interview and obviously where she's on the pitch but I think in general she can be quite quiet um to begin with and then when she gets her, her uh, little group around her like the Keir Cruz says Atkinson you know they're a good three of the uh together and um when when she relaxes in and around camp she's she's a just a right good character and she brings such positivity like you've seen in that in that video and um just 
oozes in in banter and you know getting the girls lifted and stuff and and silly silly moments but can obviously bring the camaraderie around the team when needed um so yeah she's she's just a big light within the within the squad yeah and you, the way you talk about that trio it's sort of like usa 94 with the the three amigos i think which was uh phil babb gary kelly jason mcateer or the three kind of younger players and coincidentally gary kelly had held the record from 1994 for the, the youngest Irish player to play in a World Cup. That was against Norway back all those uh, 29 years ago. But Larkin has now since beaten that in terms of being a senior player at a World Cup, beaten it by two years. And uh, in terms of going in as a starter, do you think, uh, do you expect her, uh, do you expect Vera Pau to start her against Canada? And if you were in Vera Pau's shoes, would you, um, would you pitch her in from the start? I think it's a tough decision for Vera, obviously with the performance that the girls put in when she's come on the field, like she deserves probably more of an opportunity than what she was given against Australia in terms of more minutes. But I mean, like Steph has alluded to and Paula has told you, she's probably very reluctant in changing her 11. Um, and a lot of the people will know who the 11 is nine times out of 10. Um, but if a performance like that, such as Abby's comes across and, you know, maybe could change the impact of a game depending on Canada's like, areas to exploit um then you know it, you never know the, the decision could be made where abby is the right player to to start in that position um but it will be a big big decision either way whatever she decides to do um but i've no doubt that if she doesn't start she'll definitely be coming on the field again after that performance yeah and the other thing i was kind of interested in was the tactical point of view and your own experience of playing wing back um in a 5-3-2 and canada will more than likely line up in a 4-3-3. Just how difficult is it um, as the wing back um, in a sort of just in just in front of a back tree when you're coming up against a 4-3-3, maybe with an overlapping full back on the other side? How, just how tricky is it? Because you've got two challenges trying to get forward, but also possibly dealing with two players on your side. Yeah, of course. Your main your main target is to defend. Like that's why you're a defender. But at, at the same time, you've got to be the winger to get forward to be able to join the attack and to create opportunities for the forward players and and to link up play. Really, um, I think playing against Canada, who play with a four three three, who also have quite quick wingers, um, like Australia did. Sometimes you could be leaving yourself three v three at the back, and obviously we don't want that opportunity because we know, um, our defensive line probably isn't the quickest. We'll all admit that. Um, so. You know, we don't want to take any too much risk in that sense, especially early on. Um, but maybe if you have the likes of, say, if we were going off the same 11, if you have the likes of Katie going forward, probably having Heather as, although we want her on the opposite end of the, the cross when it comes in, um, probably be, being a bit more reluctant to get forward as quick as she has because you don't want the, the 3v3 left um, across the back line unless then you get a hold of mid to, to stay more central and, and to be that support system for the back line um but it's a it's a tough a tough um shape to play against when you are in a 3-5-2 definitely yeah and if Jess Fleming comes in for Canada then as well because she was obviously missing against Nigeria and is, is a key influence for them um what does she bring that Ireland will have to worry about because I know like you're um obviously with her time at Chelsea I think the the two games that you were involved with Liverpool against them this uh this past season I think you played in the first one and she didn't play in that one but then you weren't available for the the second one she played in that one but I'm sure from team meetings and things you you probably have a very good idea um just exactly how opposition managers tend to maybe highlight her. 
yeah, she's she's got a similar frame to Denise O'Sullivan. I'll probably compare the two of them in a similar aspect of they're both very technical, good, uh, technically great players. They're small, they're they're agile, they're able to get around the pitch, but really good on the ball and is able to be that link player for Canada through the middle and even out wide sometimes. Um, so she'll definitely be a threat on the counter for for Canada against us, and it's probably about nullifying her. Um, I mean, Vera's alluded to it, so I've no doubt that they'll be focusing a lot on her, but you don't want to then focus a lot on her and, and neglect other players. So, I mean, they have threats all over the pitch, Canada. Um, I mean, they've got Sinclair, who's the, the <laughs> she's got a, a right good record of scoring goals, Um, you know, and um, Jessica Lawrence on the wing as well. So there's a lot of great players that they have that they can, you know, create serious attacks from. And I think Jessie's a player who can, yeah, like I said, come in and, and, and be that link up and just create moments from nothing. Um, but she's also a very strong physical player and she's not afraid of a tackle. So I think if we can nullify her threat, then they can um, hopefully prevent Canada from, from getting any opportunities or minimal. Yeah, and as we uh, await the game on Wednesday, obviously there have been matches today and uh, there's a couple of matches or a few matches uh, in between and a couple of days in between as well. And uh, before we talk about those results and fixtures to come, uh, Paul, just in terms of the general atmosphere in the places that you've been so far, so Brisbane, Sydney and now Perth, is there a sense of World Cup fever um, even beyond, say, the Irish fans? Yeah, I think there's absolutely no doubt that that Australia is really behind this tournament. There's, there's, you know, World Cup fever might be overregulated. I think the, the Australians would need to get to quarterfinal, semifinal, final, maybe for that to happen. But you know, all through the, the week we were in Sydney, people were talking about it. They hear the Irish accent randomly anywhere you are, getting a coffee or whatever. People would say, "Oh, good luck in the game." And after the game, hard luck. Uh, it was on the front page of all the newspapers the following day. It's on the TV uh, every single day. You know, the TV news they're covering it. So there is. I mean, Australians are mad about their sport. Uh, uh, but this tournament is definitely doing well here. And actually, the Matildas, as they're known here, are um, are, are better supported than the men's uh, soccer team. They've had that bit more success over the years. So, you know, the fact that there were 75,000 people at the match, um, the vast majority of them Australian, I think it does bode well. And I know it's not much use to us in, in Ireland, but, you know, it, it is good for tournaments when the host nation does well. So um, that's certainly followed on, on through here to Perth. And I think it's something that is an interesting aspect of the game. Uh, on Wednesday is, is is just the Irish crowd here. I mean, 300-odd people coming to the airport today, uh, talking to people here. The, the game is on in the rectangular stadium here. I think it holds about 17,000 people, but most people who are living here in Perth seem to expect that that will be almost fully Irish. So uh, it will be a home game. Um, you know, a small full stadium is, is always great for atmosphere. And... Um, you know that's something in a tight game that 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 may just help Ireland to get there. And I think I think everyone's just really hoping that um we'll get some kind of results to 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 keep our hopes alive and, and bring it all down to the last game against Nigeria. But yeah, I think I think definitely there's there's no doubt that the Australians are are well into this tournament and and you'd know it's on when you're here. Yeah, and a huge Irish community, as you said, in Perth as well. Uh, I think I know a couple of people who are kind of based out there and have been based out there for a long time as well. But on the pitch, uh, Megan, today obviously we saw Sweden you know, come back, uh, come from a deficit to beat South Africa 2-1 and then the Netherlands edged out Portugal as well. And then just now before we we hit record, um, France and Jamaica drew nil all and it seems to fit into the team of the tournament so far where the underdogs have been really acquitting themselves well, apart from maybe one or two um, exceptions. It's uh, the gap between the the top teams and the maybe the more emerging nations has really closed and the organisation levels um from those sort of emerging nations, um, there's definite progress being seen. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can, like you just alluded to, you can see that the, the, there's not a lot of goals in, in every game, which shows that the competitiveness between nations is improving and the, the gap is closing and, and nations are improving on their national team and putting the focus within the women's team, which is then getting the results. Um, yes, it, it might not be the win or the draw that they wanted, but it shows that the gap is closing, which is an improvement overall for women's football and encouraging signs going forward for the future. Um, I think in the background, you probably still have a lot of a different difference between the opportunities and um, what's what's on offer to players um, within organisations, obviously funding and et cetera is what I mean by that. But um, overall, the performances on the pitch is what counts. And, and thankfully so far, it's been quite a good World Cup for, for the onlookers to, to see that the, the gap is not massive anymore. And it's not, you're not looking at eight and nine nil games where, you know, it's not really an, a, a nice game to watch, you know, as such. Um, so it, it's nice to see that the all groups are still open coming into the second round of games. Yeah, and obviously the highlights of all of today's earlier games are on RT2 and RT Player at 9pm, just before the Sunday game, which will be at half nine. Uh, you can also watch highlights of uh, each game um, broken down if you go on to RT.ie and also on our YouTube channel. And then tomorrow at seven in the morning, it's Italy against Argentina, and then half nine, Germany against Morocco, and then Brazil against Panama at midday. And I guess with Germany... Uh, finished second in the Euros last year. Brazil have had some iconic players like Marta, who's more of a fringe player now. Like, What's your expectation for those two, Megan? Um, the obvious one would to be saying that uh, Germany and and uh, Brazil will come away with a win, but <laughs> we've said that in uh, probably previous games where you'd expect the, the bigger team to win games and it's come, it's come tight. So hopefully the underdogs have another good round of games tomorrow and um, it's entertaining to watch, but... I think uh, Germany have a, a point to prove after losing the Euros in the final to uh, England. They want to come out and, and start their tournament on a on a positive note. And the same with Brazil, who are a well known footballing nation. And you know, in the in the men's especially, they're they're well known for the tiki taka and, and scoring fancy goals. So hopefully tomorrow we'll see some of that. Yeah, and uh, I suppose before we go, Paul, just uh, again the itinerary now for the Irish uh, before uh, before tomorrow. Yeah, they're training again tomorrow um, here in, in Perth. And I guess that'll probably be key for for, for, for uh, Louise Quinn. You'd expect that she'll have to make that training session um, in order for her to, to start the game. So um, we'll be keeping an eye on that. Hopefully she'll um, she'll take part in that session and then uh, it'll be all eyes on, on the game. So, yeah, um, you know, it's uh, I, I guess that's the, the, the key now for, for Ireland is and, you know, talking to Vera Power, whatever it's just, it's getting the spirits up getting everyone right getting the the minds focused and and it's just it's getting I think we take the draw right now wouldn't we to to, to keep everything alive so they, they'll train tomorrow um they'll get to have a bit of a stroll around the city it's a, it's, a, it's a lovely city um and they'll get to enjoy that's pretty laid back a different vibe to Sydney all right um and 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 Brisbane um probably a little bit more like it um so yeah it'll be it'll be it'll be nice to for them to see a new place uh, get used to their surroundings and uh, all eyes really on the on, on the big game now yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll be back, obviously, with the podcast tomorrow. And uh, Paul, get some rest uh, before the rain from here follows you over to Perth, as expected on Wednesday. And Megan, uh, thanks a million for your time as well. No problem. Thank you. Thanks, Ref. Supporter and a half likes, shares, comments, and tweets. 
Cadbury sponsors RTE Soccer Women's World Cup podcast.